So we've been looking this summer at uh, the books of uh, 2nd and 3rd John. We're going to continue that today by looking at 3rd John verses 5 through 8. That text is uh, printed in the bulletin and uh, also up on uh, the screens behind me. Uh, In a few weeks, we'll finish up 3rd John and we'll uh, start a new series on the Old Testament book of Jonah. Uh, But, and, and weirdly enough, I read a story this week about a guy somewhere who actually got swallowed by a whale last week. Did you see that? Unbelievable. Yeah, he was, he was in the hospital. wonder why. <laughs> Can you imagine the trauma, the post-traumatic stress that you actually were rolling around inside a whale for a while? I think it was a few minutes before the whale threw him up. That's, oh, wow, just wow. So uh, I might have to do some more research on that, but uh, don't want you thinking about that anymore. We're gonna th- we, we, need to be, <laughs> we need to be thinking about hospitality here because that's what this text is about. But before I, I read it, let me pray. Lord, we come to you today thanking you for loving us, welcoming us, greeting us, throwing your arms wide. Oh, Lord, how much we need that. We are often ashamed and afraid, anxious, overwhelmed, uh, and yet you are uh, the God who welcomes. And so today, Jesus, just as you welcomed the little children, uh, would you welcome us uh, by your spirit and your word Help us to hear and receive uh, what you have for us today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So 3 John, uh, verses 5 through 8, this is God's word. We should hear it and respond to it as such this morning. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So I want to begin this morning by telling you a crazy story about hospitality. And I, and I want you to understand something. This, that's what this text is about, is about greeting strangers. Um, something we, particularly in North American culture, do very poorly because it's a disruption, it's an interruption, and it's a challenge to our stinginess and our selfishness, right? Our comfort, right? Or it's a burden to us because we feel like we have to really put on a giant show of hospitality to to welcome people. When Marty was a first year seminary student, uh, the seminary where we went to owned a bunch of houses uh, in the neighborhood around the seminary, and, and, and students lived in, in those houses. And one day at her house, she lived with a, a dear friend of ours, a, a girl from Birmingham, Alabama, and another uh, young woman from uh, Kenya. And so um, they're, you know, getting on, doing their thing as young seminary students. And one day, there's a knock on the door, and there's a woman with a child standing there to say, hey, your friend Abraham, who was a a student there, 
uh, told me I should seek you out and that you would put me up for the night. They'd never seen her before, never had any interaction with her before, and so they're like, okay, we'll do that. Well, as time goes on, they find out, they talk to Abraham, and they're like, wait, I don't know who you're talking about. Your friend, she came to our house. What friend? So they begin to describe her to him, and he's like, she's a homeless woman that I found out on the streets, and I bought her some groceries. And so these three girls, three women, are huddled in their house with a a stranger and her daughter in, in the bedroom. And of course, Lois, who's the more mature of the women, says, the Bible says that maybe we are entertaining angels. That's what the Bible says, right? And of course, Gail and Marty are like, and yes, and we may be entertaining a serial killer. <laughs> right? So it energized their prayer life, needless to say, that night as they uh, uh, huddled together to figure out what, what, what this was going to be like. But I think one of the things that's important for us to see about that is, is that the, the, the scriptures, particularly the New Testament, and even the Old Testament, the text we read earlier today, puts a premium on hospitality, puts a premium on the extension of oneself, the sacrifice of oneself, particularly for other brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, but for everyone, really, and that that is a, uh, one of the most important ministries that we have, that we welcome people. We don't do that very well. It's something we struggle with. It's something that doesn't come natural to us. Uh, we become ashamed that we're, we're not very good at it, or we uh, get uh, tongue-tied, or we get nervous, or, or we think we're not making the right impression, or, or any of those things. The New Testament doesn't have any time for any of that. It simply says that our God is a welcoming God, and we bear witness to that God when we welcome one another. And so in this text that we have, Brian, you can put my notes up there. This man, Gaius, who John is writing, had welcomed a group of traveling teachers sent to the church by the Apostle John. These teachers have reported back to John and their church that Gaius warmly received them. And so they, uh, John is so glad, so impressed by, uh, that Gaius did that. He is thanking him and commending him for the work that he has done. Now, you know, the, the, the fact is, that the truth of the matter is, for, for most of us and for most of, the, the, uh, of our lives, hospitality, a ministry of hospitality, a ministry of welcoming, challenges, challenges us. Uh, because what we would rather, like, what we would tend to want to do is to be able to control our hospitality. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think, I don't want to befriend this person. I don't want to spend a lot of time with this person because they might take from me. They might require too much. It, it might be overwhelming. I might not be able to, you know, they, 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 they may be too needy, too needy, Right? And certainly, you know, boundaries are an important thing, but one of the things that we have to recognize, and one of the things that we've grown uh, probably pretty atrophied about over the last 14, 15 months is extending ourselves and in, in, in welcoming others. 
What the New Testament sees, and we're going to unpack this more as we, as we walk through this text today, is that the New Testament church really was built not only on the truth of the gospel, certainly, not only on the, the, the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ, but it's kind of uh, uh, the thing that held it together and the thing that moved it forward as people spread out all over the Roman Empire to proclaim the gospel was that Christians in different places greeted other Christians they didn't know and extended themselves uh, in uh, uh, hospitality so that that the gospel could go forward and so that that hospitality would bear witness to the welcoming God himself. Early in the life of the church, we uh, met a young woman, a single mom with a, a, a little girl who was about the same age as our oldest, and she was just a mess. Her life was just a mess. She, she had struggled uh, repeatedly with terrible relationships with terrible men, frankly, and uh, her life was in a very difficult place. We, a, a, a neighbor invited her to come to worship, and she came. She trusted in Jesus Christ, and uh, as people who come trusting in Jesus Christ, it wasn't as if she trusted Christ and suddenly all of her anxiety and trouble and problems went away. They continued. And we had to, 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 to work with her. And she would often show up at our house bringing her little girl. Her little girl would go and play with the, the boys and she would sit and she would talk to Marty. Now, uh, and she would stay and talk to Marty and she would stay. Now, when this happens, you know what happens? The floor doesn't get swept. The big supper doesn't get fixed. You know, the, the day gets interrupted uh, and, and things change. It's just when people show up like that, it disrupts your plan. Now, we would try to, maybe we would try to, uh, you know, uh, organize that, but we didn't know any better and, and we were just doing doing what we could to help this young woman who, by, who now, by the way, lives in Virginia Beach and uh, has uh, quite a ministry in, in her church. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that kind of ministry is what God uses uh, to move the kingdom of God forward. It's, uh, and one of the things to, to remember about this, and one of the things to think about this, this is why John commends Gaius, is because he recognizes that while uh, the hospitality and the ministry of welcoming is such a key part of the New Testament, he also recognizes that it is a disruption. It is a challenge. It does uh, challenge us in our stinginess as that... Uh, great quote from John Piper at the beginning of the bulletin says, and our selfishness. So as we look at this this morning, as we think about this, I want us to unpack a little bit about what it, what, why this is so important and why John writes uh, in such an impassioned way to say to Gaius, what you did here honors God and what you did here was so awesome that it actually bears witness to the, to the Jesus who welcomes us. But more than that, more than that is what, what tied the church together so that the church could move forward in mission. 
So hospitality, hospitality to strangers in particular is a sign that the gospel is working in us. Most of the time that we think the way we know that the gospel is working in us is that we're becoming better people, right? We're getting better. We're getting neater. Uh, we're, we're, we're getting more together. We're getting, you know, our lives together. And that's certainly true and, and, and certainly a, a, an important thing. But one of the ways Jesus said that people will know you are his followers the world will know, others will know that we are his followers by how we love. By how we love. And love has legs when it is welcoming to the stranger. Love has legs when it greets the brother and sister in Christ that we don't know and extends itself in, in giving and in providing for that person so that uh, God gets glory in that relationship, in, in the way that we treat one another, because we're not naturally and we're not normally people probably who are used to extending ourselves to strangers. But it is a profound witness when that happens. And so what happens here is that, is that we know that we are beginning to look like Jesus when we welcome people, and particularly when we welcome those people who aren't that impressive. Or we welcome people who, who, by our welcoming, they can't really do something for us. You know, they can't, they can't help us in our career. They, they, can't, they can't help us in the neighborhood. They can't, they can't you know, they, people are going to be impressed, you know, because I am with the cool kids, right? Did you, did you, we had the cool kids table in, in the cafeteria when I was in high school. We didn't have a sign on it, but you didn't need to have a sign on it, Right? Everybody knew who that was, and you wanted to get in that table. Well, hospitality that is remarkable here is hospitality to the, to the uncool kids, right? So uh, one of the things that, that the, the New Testament places such a premium on is that wherever Christians were, in whatever situation, they bore witness to Jesus Christ by welcoming those uh, who were uh, sometimes passed over or missed or not seen as those who were, we would extend ourselves to them because they could help us, right? There's a great passage, next, next slide, from, from Romans 15, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Now, now maybe you think, what did it cost Jesus to welcome me? It cost him everything. The fact that Jesus welcomes you into his fellowship, welcomes you into his family, welcomes you into his very heart, cost him his, his very life. That was the price of his welcome to you. Jesus had to die to atone for our sins so that we would have that welcome, so that we would all hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. 
And so, so what we recognize here is that when we do just a tiny little bit of that, we're bearing witness to this one who died to welcome us into his presence, who died to welcome us into his family, who died to welcome us uh, into his fellowship. And so we welcome, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. God gets a lot of glory when people do this, when the church does this, when the church is functioning this way. Next slide. Secondly, hospitality, particularly to strangers, is a sign that we are repenting of stinginess and selfishness. It is, um, it, it is such a hard thing, isn't it, that, that we, uh, especially when it comes to our homes and to our money and to our, our uh, other resources, that we want to hold on to those things. And yet we serve a Lord who was free-handed very profligate in the giving away of, 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 of grace, of his life, right? And so it's a, uh, it's a, it's a challenging thing for us because as we will we'll sing in a little bit, uh, from the fear of having nothing, right? Um, from uh, uh, the fear of being lonely, from the love of my own comfort, Right? I love my comfort. I love it. It matters. And if a stranger's in my house, it's not very comfortable, is it? Or if a stranger is requiring me to extend myself in some way for them for the sake of the gospel, it's it's challenging. But that was one of the dynamics that made the New Testament church so powerful and so profound, is that those early Christians took Jesus at his word, and if you named Christ, regardless of what culture or tribe or politics you had, it didn't matter. You are my brother, you are my sister, and you have a welcome here. There's a place for you at this table. There's a, there's a place for you in this community. There's a, there's a place for you here, and we're going to make a way for you to have a place here because God has made a way for us to have a place at his table. You see, the way we know that we're loving is that we are repenting of stinginess and selfishness. And one of the ways that you can repent of stinginess and selfishness is not just saying, oh God, forgive me for being stingy and selfish, but oh God, forgive me for being stingy and selfish. I turn my back on that. Make me a generous, welcoming person. Leon Morris writes, this brotherly love is to be practiced in addition to piety and is in turn supplemented with love. This is the consistent New Testament teaching that going through the proper motions in the sanctuary is not enough in itself. In other words, being religious in the sense that you go to church, you practice the spiritual disciplines, and those are important, those really matter, it's not enough in itself. There's no substitute for love, which is in the first instance, love of brothers and sisters, and in the second, love of mankind in general. I mean, just think of how beautiful and how hard and how challenging and really how thrilling it is to take a risk to love someone different from you. We've had a, a, a ministry over the years here in this church, uh, 
uh, of, of so many families who have welcomed children into their families. It's hard and challenging and beautiful and wonderful and, uh, and thrilling in the sense that folks have been compelled by the love of Christ to take this kind of risk to welcome someone like that, to love someone like that into their family. That's profound. And, 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 and when you see that and when you experience that and when that becomes a part of, of, of your life, it reorients your priorities. This, uh, uh, and just in the last six weeks or so, uh, a number of folks here in the church have sacrificed and, and worked really hard to provide for a young man uh, whose family had kind of splintered to be able to be reunited with his father. It cost money. Uh, one family in the church had this young man living with them for a number of weeks. Other people were pitching in to help to make this happen so that he could be cared for and provided for. That's the kind of welcome and the kind of hospitality that John sees as something that really is supernatural and is something that bears witness to the gospel, perhaps in ways that we can't even imagine how, how profound and how powerful that is uh, to, to the world. Next slide. And then finally, hospitality is obedience. Perhaps one of the reasons why your life is stale, perhaps one of the reasons why you lack joy and you lack any kind of sense of uh, the thrill of the gospel is because you're not taking, I'm not taking any risks to extend ourselves in love to anybody else. Now, that is a, that is a, a, a pretty uh, uh, interesting thing, right? I mean, and, and Jesus is very clear about this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send, especially here in this text, the, the ones who were sent to Gaius, accepts me. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. We know that the gospel is working in people's lives when because of the love of Jesus, because of the grace of God in their lives, they begin to sacrifice for others. Paul, in his letter to Galatians, and if you know anything about Galatians, you know that the Galatians were a mess. They, that when Paul went there, he preached the gospel to them, and they heard about Jesus, and they believed, and then very quickly they began falling away. But Paul knew that the gospel had taken root there by the way they treated him. This is what he says. Even though my illness, and just imagine, right? A guy shows up in your city, tells you about Jesus, you believe it, you begin sitting under his teaching, and suddenly he gets sick. What are you going to do? <laughs> How are you going to take care of him? How's that going to work, right? And so he, he, Paul got sick, and even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your own eyes and given them to me, right? So what, what we see there is Paul knows that the gospel's at work in these people, not just because that uh, they had good doctrine, 
not just because they had good practice, but he knew that because they were willing to sacrifice to serve him in his need. And then that great passage from Hebrews, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, <clears throat> for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Now, we, we, you know, like I said earlier, we spend a lot of time thinking about showing hospitality to angels, but I think it's interesting that the writer to the Hebrews says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Why? Why do you tell anybody, don't forget? Because they're going to forget. Especially something that's hard, I like to forget that. Hard stuff, I can forget that, you know? Uh, when I go to the grocery store, I always forget to get the broccoli. But buddy, I remember to get the steak. I know that. The ice cream, I know that. I don't, I don't, nobody has to remind me to get the good stuff, but I got to be reminded to get the other stuff, right? Well, the, the fact is that all of us, and Jesus knows this about us. Jesus knows that we are tend to turn in on ourselves, that we tend to be selfish, that we tend to be stingy, and that we, it, it is hard for us to extend ourselves and welcome. But as we've already seen, that what glory God gets when people sacrifice for the sake of others so that they have a place at the table with us, right? And then lastly, we participate with those who go out for the sake of the name, as, as uh, John writes here, as fellow workers for the truth. It's so great to have the Irwins with us uh, and that they'll be with us here uh, this summer. What a, what a rich thing. What a, what a great thing for us to be able to do that. Not all of us are going to places all over the world to share the gospel, in fact, most of us are not going to do that, right? But, as this text says, right, that we, are fe we can be fellow workers for the truth by exercising a ministry of generosity and hospitality. That's how the kingdom goes. That's how the church functions. And I want to be, so, I want to be very clear about this. I want to make this, this as, as direct as I can because the, as a community, as a church, there, there are certain things that are core to our identity. The, the preaching uh, accurately of the Word of God. The, the right administration of the Lord's sacraments. The fact that we love one another and we hold one another accountable. Yeah, those things are key core issues for the church. But I would, I would submit to you that in addition to a mercy of ministry, a mercy of healing, uh, a ministry of healing, that it is also core to the identity of the church to be a welcoming church, to be a church that practices hospitality, to be a church that is making a place for others and extending ourselves in generosity, particularly to those that we are sending out to proclaim the gospel. Those, those things, that, those aren't just kind of peripheral issues for the church. The, the world will know that we are followers of Jesus when we look like him, particularly in our welcome of strangers. Jesus welcomes you. Our God is a welcoming God. 
It cost him everything to welcome you. And we bear witness to that when we welcome. Let's pray. Lord, we need a sense of this today. Thanks so much for this text. Thanks so much for this challenge and this good news uh, that you have welcomed us. And I pray that you would uh, bear fruit in us um, and by us uh, as you make us look more and more like yourself. Would you help us, Lord? We, you know our hearts are often cold and self-centered, and yet you are impelled to love us. You're compelled to draw near to us. Give us the gift of repentance and move us, move our hearts and our hands, our eyes and our feet uh, to be quick, uh, to greet, to welcome uh, to be hospitable uh, to particularly our own brothers and sisters uh, in you that may be strangers to us. Would you do that in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Amen.